Hello and welcome to So Inappropriate. I'm just laughing my ass off. <laughs> I guess we can all say that Ilaria has been living La Vida Loca for a while and now she's just loca. Living no vida loca. Sorry. Yikes. Hilaria Baldwin, everybody, has been canceled. So I'm sure you've heard a version of this. Let's break it down. So I have some new information. I have some personal stuff regarding this family that I'd like to share with you that I think is interesting. And uh, I'm not going to rehash the whole thing, but I, I have some things to add. And I wasn't going to do any podcasting this week, but this is just, <laughs> this is just so good. All right, so let's break this down. So, well, let's start with the Baldwin family, okay? Alec Baldwin is 63 years old. He was married to Kim Basinger, who actually I found out is 69, so she's a little bit older than him. They have a daughter named Ireland, who's about 25. And remember, this is the girl that Alec called the filthy little pig in the voicemail. Apparently, they're all, they've all patched it up because she's, she's involved in this and she's Hilaria's biggest cheerleader. So Alec Baldwin marries Hilaria, which is, I'm sorry, that's like a weird name. Is that a made-up name? Hilaria? Hilaria? It sounds made up. Like, you know when you're in Spanish class in high school and they give you a Spanish name? Like, mine was, wait for it, Sara. Mine was Sara. So Hillary, maybe Hilaria. Maybe this is her Spanish teacher's fault. Okay, this whole thing. But I think the name change is the weirdest thing. Like, whatever. I don't know. So her... her her given name is Hillary Hayward Thomas. Her mother's last name is Hayward. Her father's last name is Thomas. The mom is a very prominent doctor in Boston. The father is a prominent lawyer. They are white as lilies. They have no Spanish blood in their background. To be clear, um, this stuff is readily available, Googleable. I've read some reports by genealogists that have very easily put together her family tree dating back like to the Mayflower, basically. These are lily white people, okay? There's no Spanish blood in her. She has no Spanish relatives. She is not of Spanish descent in any way. So any culture that she's clinging onto regarding being Spanish is simply from like being a tourist, which is absurd. Anyway, I digress. Um, Stephen Baldwin is Alex's brother. So he is, his daughter is Haley who is married to Justin Bieber. So this is a star-studded family, okay? Then we have Billy Baldwin, the brother Billy. He's married to China Phillips from Wilson Phillips. Hold up for one more day. So she's famous. And she's also the daughter of the Phil, the McKen, uh, not McKen, I think Mackenzie's the sister, but um, Mama's in the Papa. So she's super-duper famous. So this is a very... Whether you like them or not, these are a very talented, famous family. And fun fact, Alec Baldwin is from the same town in Long Island as Jerry Seinfeld. So they're very old friends. Alec Baldwin's dad was a teacher in the, um, he's from Massapequa in the high school. And um, he taught Jerry Seinfeld. I think he was the gym teacher. So they're all in this clique. They live in the same street in the Hamptons. They're very close with Howard and Beth Stern. And what's interesting is that I'm going to sound like an old-fashioned asshole, but what's interesting about this clique, and it's Howard Stern and his wife, Beth, Ilaria and Alec, Jerry and Jessica Seinfeld, is the... Don't come at me, but it's interesting. These three women, these men are close, they're friendly, they hang out. I've actually gotten a glimpse into this world because my husband and I have a celebrity friend that we're very close with, and we've sort of seen these people at parties, and we've, we don't like, trust me, we don't like hanging out, but we've observed this clique. And what I can tell you is these people are basically harmless people, and but they really have no interest in just being celebrity wives. They've, they're, they're women that are beautiful, and they you know, marry into this extreme wealth and fame and they wanted a piece of the pie for themselves. So we have Beth Stern who does the animal rescue thing and she she was a model, so not really so much her. 
Jessica Seinfeld came out with the cookbooks and she's sort of Instagrammy famous. And then we have Hilaria. So my thoughts on the whole thing is, and I'm, I'm going to get more into it, but uh, let's break this. So whatever. So there are these celebrity wives and it just seems like because they married these famous men, they felt that they were entitled to a piece of that as well. And they've, they're each trying to outdo the next. So Hilaria has painted herself as this Instagram influencer, mom, blogger, podcaster. And I find her personally very annoying, but, and braggy and just kind of uppity. I don't find her appealing or relatable at all. I never have. I know people that, that, that have, but I find her pretty awful. So I'm friggin' loving this. So let's break this down. Let's break down the scandal here. Now, I follow both Alec and Hilaria. I follow Alec Baldwin because I find his rants very fun and interesting. Am I a fan of Alec Baldwin? Probably not. Um, I actually find him very talented. I like him, his acting work. I didn't love his Trump impression. I thought it was a little silly, but, you know, I love Beetlejuice. And I love, I, I like him very much um, in acting roles. Oh, funny, fun story. This is an aside. I was watching Bravo yesterday and this movie with Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin came on and it's called It's Complicated. And it's the movie where Alec and Meryl Streep used to be married and they got divorced and then they start hooking up again in secret. And Alec Baldwin's second wife in the movie is Lake Bell, and they have a son named Pedro. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. And he's like rolling his eyes the whole time, like, oh, Pedro's sick again. Like, and I'm like, oh my God, this is pretty funny. I wonder if Bravo, if Bravo did that on purpose. Anyway, um, so Alec Baldwin is a great follow on Instagram just for his like rants. Oh, fun fact. So we used to live before we had children. My husband and I used to live in like South Flatiron, which was like right on the border of Greenwich Village. So we lived like maybe three blocks away from Alec Baldwin and Hilaria. And one day, I want to say it was like fall 2013, I skipped work because I wanted to go see the new Veronica Mars movie. <laughs> they used to have these things called movie theaters. Yeah. So it was like a Friday and I just was like, oh, fuck it. I'll go see that new movie and I don't want to deal with my butt, whatever. So I walked to this theater in Greenwich Village. So it's like Friday afternoon. It's a beautiful day. And I hear this guy screaming. I see this fat, greasy fuck screaming at a doorman. Like, you, you dumb shit, asshole. Like, just a bad berating. And I was like, oh, God. And then I get closer, and the guy's, like, really yelling at him. There's, like, a Range Rover parked outside. It's Alec Baldwin. Like, and his, his car hatches up. Like, he's, it looked like they were going to the Hamptons house for the weekend. And for some reason, he's screaming at this doorman. This poor doorman just, like, taking it. And I just, I was just, like, so disgusted by him. And I don't know if you follow the news, but around New York, I mean, he's always getting in trouble for, like, beating the crap out of a photographer or, like, there's one instance when he was riding his bike in Greenwich Village and he was going the wrong way down the street and the cop tried to give him a ticket and he was like screaming at the cop and he had to go to, he had to go to court. I mean, he's just like a hothead. He's just an asshole, honestly. Um, but anyway, when I saw him yelling at the doorman, Hilaria, they had just gotten married, I think, maybe one or maybe they had a baby, I don't know. But she was standing under the awning and just like texting while her husband was like, screaming at this doorman and I just thought like I just thought they were so gross like I don't ugh, she's awful anyway so she's annoying on Instagram she has about a million followers probably more now um I didn't check but she has tried to become like a mom influencer Instagrammer and she's she has like a very annoying thing. Like she'll have a baby and then she'll like two days after she has the baby, she'll post in her lingerie holding the baby. Like I just think it's gross. I just think that's gross. You know, I don't find that empowering. I don't find it in influencing. I don't like I just find that really obnoxious. So to me, it, it turns me off. But some people really like it. 
And she's one of those moms that'll be like, she'll have a picture of her kids and she'll, I just love Huggies for leaky days. And then it's like an ad for Huggies and people are like, oh, Hilaria buys Huggies. I gotta buy Huggies. So, oh, quick thing about Hilaria. I have another story about Hilaria. So I am a star, I'm not gonna say a star fucker, but like I am very interested in just checking them out when I can. So again, I lived in this neighborhood Hilaria used to own a yoga studio with another person called Yoga Vida. And you could like go online and book a yoga class and take a class from Hilaria Baldwin. So I'm like, shit, I'm going to do this. Like, I don't even like yoga, but I just was like, why not? So I think there was like three separate times where I tried to book a class. Like you would go in and sign up and it would say Hilaria, class with Hilaria. And then you would get to the class and she would they would do a bait and switch. Like there would be a sign at the front desk like, oh, Jen's going to teach it today. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I don't want to take a yoga class just to take a yoga class. I want to take a yoga class to creep on Alec Baldwin's wife. So three separate times that happened. So that was really annoying. All right, whatever. So I'm, I'm not that big of a fan of her. Like, I think it was one of those things where they did that to get people to go. And then once the class hit like 30 people you know, creepers like me, they'd be like, oh, forget it. Give it to, give it to Michelle, whatever. So anyway, I think both these people are terrible. So, oh, there was another post. I'm going to try to find it and post it, but she wrote, a st- she's one of these people that like, then she would have like a miscarriage. It would be like the front page of the post. And it's like, who gives a shit if you have a miscarriage? Like, I'm sorry. I think miscarriages are sad. I had one, like whatever, but I don't understand why it's a new story when, Alec Baldwin's wife has a miscarriage. So she did this post if she had a miscarriage. And you read through the whole post. The post is sponsored by Dove. Dove Soap. So you exploited your family's misfortune to get... I mean, it's just gross. I'm sorry. It's gross. And she also, like... Don't come at me. But, like, she's had five babies in seven years. I think that's a little bit... I think people that constantly have to be pregnant and have children like that, I think it's a little bit mental. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just think five babies in seven years. It's like, it's very like, look at me. Sorry. And posting throughout the whole thing. And then your body reveals like five times. It's just, I just, I, I find it. She's an attention whore. Okay. I'm sorry. She's an attention whore. Anyway. So, but we all created this. Like, don't forget, we all buy into this. There are people clicking on these things and giving her money. So she's doing pretty well. She's also got a podcast called Mom Brain with um, Daphne Oz, who is Dr. Oz's daughter. She's on The View or something. I don't know, something. Uh, Sorry, who the fuck would, would turn on an hour of Mom Brain? Not me. I am a mom, okay? Nobody wants to hear about mom shit. But again, I'm sure they have tons of sponsors and tons of listenership, and they certainly have more than me. And, you know, I'm sure they're sponsored by Huggies, and she makes $9,000 an episode. I don't understand it. I think it sounds boring as shit. You couldn't pay me to listen to Hilaria Baldwin talk to me about her mom struggles. Like, barf, gag me. But you know what? (laughs) I had one sponsor, and I already fucked it up. So... Maybe she's smarter than I am. I don't know. (laughs) All right. So how did this start? How did this start? I couldn't get to the... So I started seeing like Monday night, people talking about cucumber, Hilaria cucumber. I'm like, what the hell? So I did some research. So Hilaria posted a thirst trap picture of her hot body holding her newborn baby. She had a baby like in October or something. And it's... The same obnoxious crap that she always posts. She's in lingerie holding a newborn baby and being like, I'm so glad I'm in shape. It's horrible. So Amy Schumer posted a pic of, posted a pic like mocking her. Basically like, it was like her and her husband and she's in a bathing suit. She was just like, it's something witty. It wasn't even that bad. It was just like a joke. So someone posted under Amy's post, This girl has done a 10-year grift of pretending to be a Spanish. It was under Amy's post. So 
Then Hilaria posts a video, like commenting on Amy's post, that's, that basically said that Amy Schumer body shamed her. And there was no accent in the video. So okay, here's a problem, okay? Someone po pokes fun at you a little bit, let it go. Just let it go. If it, what are you gonna do? Did she, Amy body shamed you? Oh, give me a break. Body shaming you? You're out there putting your body out for everyone to comment on. So let them, then you have to let people comment. You have to be able to take it. I'm sorry. You're going to put it out there. You got to take it. You cannot, Amy Schumer did not body shame you. Amy Schumer called you a tool. And sorry, I'm not an Amy Schumer fan, but she's 100% right in this instance. Like, why can't we poke fun at you? Because you're sitting there in lingerie on your own accord that you put out there yourself. I'm sorry. You can't take a poke. Give me a break. And she's not body shaming her. Body shaming can be claimed by people like Demi Lovato or Jessica Simpson, two beautiful girls that are a little curvy that have clearly, you know, in the past have struggled with their looks somewhat and people poke at them. Jessica Simpson and Demi Lovato and Lizzo can get up there and say, please don't body shame me. Not Hilaria Baldwin posting her hot body in lingerie with her newborn baby. That's bullshit. So right there, she already pissed me off. So I don't know how it got from the person saying 10-year grift of being Spanish with no accent. Then a blogger named Tracy Morrissey, who is... Um, she used to work for Jezebel. She used to be like the editor of Jezebel. She's she's really good at like calling people out on their shit. She did a whole thing on Jamila Jamil that it's on her Instagram stories. It's a highlight. You got to watch it. But Tracy Morrissey is like the Instagram shit detector detective. Okay. She's awesome. So Tracy just went through this whole thing. She found people from high school that were willing to say Hilaria was went to the $64,000 a year high school in Newton, Massachusetts. Her mom is a doctor. Her dad is a lawyer. They are white as lilies. And it's this whole, ex I won't go through it, but there's one video, the cucumber thing. I finally figured it out. She went on the Today Show and did a cooking demo for no reason other than the fact that she's Alec Baldwin's wife. So I, I don't know how she, oh, she got, a, she got a correspondent job on Extra. Like for what? Whatever. She did this cooking demo where she did, oh, these are tomatoes. And then she goes, what is this? How you say English cucumber? Like, it was it was ridiculous. Then there's another interview where she's with Daphne Oz, who is her co-star, co-host on Mom Brain, where Daphne's sort of talking to her about her background. And Hilaria said, I came to the United States when I was 19 to attend NYU. And she's like, oh, okay, so you came here for college. Yes, I came here for college. And then she said, oh, so you're from Spain. And she goes, my parents live in Mallorca. Now, if you've noticed, it was very clever wording. She didn't say you're from Spain. She said, my parents live in Mallorca. But she said it with the accent, and she is inferring that she is from Spain. And she's inferring that she came to the United States from college in a very seemingly clever way. When in fact, she just graduated from her Boston high school to come to New York for college, like every other asshole in New York City that goes to NYU. So, now, uh, what's the problem with this? Well, I've had friends that have gone abroad in college to, you know, I studied abroad in London. I didn't come back with a British accent and start claiming to be a descendant of a queen but I came back a lover of the culture and it's just a place I like to go back to and I miss it and I have a secret a special place in my heart for it I've had a, I had a friend while we were there who started talking like Madonna and we made fun of her because what it I mean it was pretentious but and then you have Dorit on the Real Housewives of New York or Beverly Hills who talks like her husband PK who's from England and these things are funny and you can the pretentious and obnoxious and you can make fun of people but are they hurting anyone no and I thought about this a lot and I in the beginning I thought oh who cares is she hurting anyone and I thought no but then I'm thinking about it now I think she is I think she is hurting people because I think this is this is damaging behavior so 
in her rebuttal, she posted a rebuttal and she said basically like people have been posting inaccuracies about me, inferring that journalists just assumed she was Mallorca descent and posted that she was born in Spain. That's a hot load of crap. People do not make up where you are from. And if you noticed that someone was posting truth inaccuracies about you, you would correct them. She was also photographed with Alec Baldwin three separate times with her children on the cover of Ola magazine. Ola magazine is the Latin version of Hello magazine, which is like a glossy people magazine-y kind of tabloid. So if you weren't of Spanish descent or Latin descent or married to a Latino or a Latina, why would you be on the cover of Ola magazine unless you were deceiving Ola magazine of your heritage? Ola magazine is not interested in you and your family unless you're Latin. Sorry, but they're not. If you're not Tom Cruise and you're not in a blockbuster hit or a brand new TV show that someone all over the world would be interested in, they are not interested in you, Hillary Baldwin, and your family, unless you were lying to them and telling them that you're Latina. I think that is dangerous in several ways. Number one, it is completely offensive to visit another country and come back and say that now you are part of that culture. As if it's so easy to be an immigrant into this country from a Latin country and your English is your second language. So to impersonate someone in that way is offensive because there are people that come to this country and marry celebrities that have a very hard time. I'm just kidding. But it's offensive. Do you see where I'm going with this? It's offensive to say you cannot just decide that a culture is yours. You either have it or you don't. And people were very put off by the Rachel Dolezal, Rachel Dolezal scandal, which is... Again, remember, it was the woman who was not black who got a job at the NAACP and then said she identified as black. That's offensive because there are many, many black people in this country who did not get that job at the NAACP because Rachel Dolezal, the freaking liar, stole it. So when you are taking the cover of Ola magazine away from another Latin woman who deserves to be on that cover, it's wrong. So that's where I... That's the difference here. If you're going around talking in a Spanish accent because you love it and whatever, I mean, I can roll my eyes at you, but when you start to take things that do not belong to you, that's where people have a problem with it. And that's where I have a problem with it. And I don't think that's right. And I think if I was a Latina woman, I'd be pissed. And I don't know why Sama Hayek is not coming for her. Okay? Well, Sama Hayek's Mexican, but... Penelope Cruz, which I think, I sometimes I look at Hilaria and I'm like, I think she's trying to be like Penelope Cruz. I wonder if Alec Baldwin had a thing for Penelope Cruz and that's why she's impersonating Penelope Cruz. It's just my thought. I don't know. Penelope Cruz is from Spain and she's the real deal. Anyway, Alec, now Alec Baldwin's involvement in this is hanky to me. Okay? I'm not sure... He's, he's, he's violently defending her. He is, he is as, as expected. He is spewing venom at anyone who dares question his wife. And, I, you know, my husband defends me all the time. I don't know if he would defend me on this one. I think he'd just be, like, laugh at me, be like, you're on your own, sister. Like, this is weird. And there's questions on whether or not he was duped as well. I'm not sure. Because at some point, I think this guy must have met her parents. So he must have seen that, you know, Pam and Tom, who are hilarious parents, clearly were not from Mallorca. They were not Spanish. And they just moved there. They retired there in 2013. Okay, so that's seven years ago. And Hilaria was 27 years old. So her family did not own property there until seven years ago, which is basically like right after she married Alec Baldwin. So he's either... He's either been duped or he's in on it too. Part of me also thinks that she probably put on the Spanish thing in order to like snag him. She probably read somewhere he liked Latina women and then he figured it out pretty quickly and he still liked her. And then 
this has gone on way too long for him to, I mean, what's he going to, he's five babies with her. What's he going to do? Divorce her? Like, it's easier just to play along at this point and hope that it goes away. But I also read that Hilaria Baldwin pretended not to know who he was when she met him. So she walked by him in a restaurant and was like, what do you do for a living? I like Bal And then she's claimed in interviews that she, growing up in Spain, which she did not, she didn't have a television and she had no idea who Alec Baldwin was. A bullshit. They know who Alec Baldwin is in Spain. He's, he's an enormously huge actor. And if she didn't, her parents would have known. Her brother would have known. I know who Alec Baldwin is. He's not even in my generation. She's, she's basically, she's two years younger than me. So it's, it's complete bullshit. Who is falling for this crap? I'm sorry. In this day and age, nobody... No. Sorry. No. So, who knows? I think that... I think that he knows. Alec Baldwin's official response to this whole thing, too, is... Go look at it if it's still up on his stories. It's a video of him with a lot of, like, meaningful silence. And he's staring into the camera. And he's like... I hope you had a wonderful holiday about this controversy with my wife. This is a lot of very bored people with nothing better to do than to hurt wonderful, innocent people. All I have to say is, consider this source. And then he pauses again for dramatic effect. Consider the source. Well, Alec, the source is your wife saying on national television 10 plus times that she was born in Mallorca and came to the United States to attend university. So I will consider the source and she's not telling the truth. And it's not the media. That's the thing that kills me about this whole thing. They're trying to blame everything on the media. And honestly, the media is not printing fake stories that she was born in Mallorca because number one, no one cares about you that much to make up lies about you. And number two, if they did, if I saw a bio written on me that said I was born in Mallorca, as Ilaria's bio on the CAA website said, you better believe they'd be getting a call from me saying, no, I was not born in Mallorca. Please correct that. So I also think when you're caught in a you know, in a lie or something, and you don't correct it, you're sort of perpetuating that, right? So, but I don't think that was the case here. I think she really loved it. I didn't think she'd ever get, she didn't think she'd ever get called out because she wasn't sure she would achieve the level of fame that would allow her to be in the spotlight like that, if you know what I mean. And she hides behind her husband. And I think a lot of people, you know, I was texting a girlfriend last night who's, um, she's from Puerto Rico. And I said, is this offensive to you? And she was like, well, not really. But the whole thing about just glomming onto a culture that you have no part of is offensive. And I, I get that. And that's kind of my point too. Um, I also spoke to a friend who is a PR goddess. She owns her own PR firm. So I said, what do you think of this? Like, how does she get out of this properly? And this is what my friend said. She's already broken all the rules. She should have gotten out ahead of it and not let things come sprinkling out in the press all week. That makes it worse because it continues the news cycle. She needs, one, a follow-up statement to the first one because that one was good but not sufficient because it didn't address the core criticism. And two, a deflection or phrase to hang on to like, crossed wires or sometimes I would weave my story and my history in ways that were true but a little twisted in their timing but when that did happen it was always and only because of how proud I am of my Spanish heritage and I wish to enhance and exaggerate it okay I kind of want to say to my friend she doesn't have any Spanish heritage so that's not going to work either three silence that's what I would have done four others to advocate for her over time not Alec like can the people who posted her bio say that they said she was born in Spain without her knowing? That would be like CAA, her website on her agent's website. She needs third-party ambassadors now and over time. That's true. 
That's true. But no one's coming out except for Alec, and no one gives a crap what he says. Five. She and Alec can get to a place where they joke about it right now, but it's too soon. She really needs to deal with the Spanish heritage thing. The piece in People Magazine is damning. That it's cool and cute, and Hilaria can make more money exploiting her Spanish heritage... But for a real-life working person, they actually need to shed that to do better in the U.S. This is ultimately what she needs to do to manage. No one will survive hating every, having every Latina in the U.S. resent you. Also, look at Brian Williams. He, tr- he stretched the truth once, came clean about it quickly, and very directly apologized, and then started to work his rec- reputation back on MSNBC. That's a good point, except my friend, girlfriend, she doesn't have any Spanish heritage, so she can't she can't work that angle. That's the only thing. There is no Spanish heritage there at all to speak of. It's, excuse me, it's Spanish, like, it's, it's like admiration. She has admiration and, you know, a couple of stamps on her passport. It's not heritage. So I don't know. I personally, me, I would have said nothing. I would have said nothing because if she has any brains in that pretty little head of hers okay for example if something came out about me okay and it was like in the daily mail me little sarah nichols little dork with a podcast by the way i got a better microphone like a really good high quality microphone from my in-laws for christmas so if you like the sound let me know don't don't mind about my kids crying in the background and shuffling papers that's just me being an idiot but let me know at the sound. I think it sounds a little better. But anyway, back to my story. So if it were me, you know, something horrible happened in the Daily Mail, I would say nothing. Because when you're a little insignificant flower in a field of poppies, like I am, and kind, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not Hilaria Baldwin. I didn't marry Baldwin. But like, she's not, you know, she's not, I keep saying Tom Cruise. She's not Tom Cruise. So if you say nothing... And you don't feed the fire, it goes away. And I really think that she made those statements. You know, I don't think it's a good look right now to get caught in cultural appropriation. You know, coming out onto your back terrace in the Hamptons with your beautiful home in the background and and just lie, lie, lie. And just, she should have just said nothing because she doesn't really owe us anything. And her career is not exactly... And I'm saying career with the air quotes. Her career is not based on, you know, she's not a news reporter. She's not Brian Williams. She's not someone we depend on for the truth. She's someone we sort of, at least for me, I mean, I'm her, frankly, I'm her target. I'm her target audience and I find her irrelevant. So if she had said nothing, it probably would have gone away. And there's a lot of people that I've spoken to that are like, I don't care. I couldn't care less about this. But then again, there's people like my husband who has, I don't even think he'd ever heard of her before this. And he's like, this is awesome. So, you know, a lot of people just like to watch a privileged, spoiled liar get buried. And unfortunately, she's helping it out by continuing to lie. All right, can we move on? Have we done this? Oh, wait, one more thing. I read, I found it like buried in some thread. That her brother, Hilaria's got a brother, whose name is, I don't remember, but it was like perfectly pilgrimy, Mayflower-esque. He started a home delivery food service about a year ago, and apparently some detectives, wasn't Tracy, it was somebody else, did some research, and apparently he's got his website, doesn't say who he is, but he's like, this food delivery service is approved by the best doctors in Boston. And all the quotes commending the food delivery service are from his mom. So I'm like, you're just like a family of consters. Grifters, if you will. All right, let's move on. So a couple more things. Um, Stassi Schroeder from Vanderpump Rules fame. She was, remember, she was canceled back in, gosh, was it February, March, when she admitted to calling the cops on Faith Stowers and like basically turning her in for a crime because she was black and the person that they were looking for was black, which was a terrible, awful thing to do. And I'm glad she was fired for that because that's just, that's just awful. Anyway, so she's now pregnant. 
she's about to give birth. She posted, and there's nothing more I can't stand than annoying pregnant people and annoying mothers-to-be. So Stasi put this on her Instagram stories yesterday. And it's a picture of her and her flawless skin, but there's like a tear. There's like a single tear coming down from her eye. Real talk. Pregnancy is hard. I don't feel like myself. I don't feel attractive. I feel like I'm only good for making a baby. I feel like I have zero control over anything. I'm uncomfortable and it's painful to move around. And my emotions are all over the place. I feel insane. I've received lots of DMs from people telling me I complain too much and should shut up and just be thankful I'm pregnant. I've never been more thankful for anything. Yeah, because it got you out of trouble for being a racist for a little bit. Being a mother was my biggest dream and I can't wait to be my daughter. But I'm still allowed to struggle with it. Why is there so much pressure on pregnant women to be superheroes? Can we stop that now? Stasi, all I can say is wait until you have a newborn, okay? A mother to mother, pregnancy is the easy part. And if you keep complaining, I'm going to wish a colicky child newborn onto you, okay? Pregnancy. In the moment, you think, oh, God, this is so hard. I'm going to make it. Yeah, you know what? You get to lie around, eat whatever you want. People get up for you. People move for you. People do things for you. Everyone's waiting on you. And then you have the baby, and nobody cares anymore. By the way, I want to put out for the record, I barely, when I was pregnant, I was working like 12 hours a day on my feet in the summer in New York City. I barely complained. I didn't ask for a push present. Had I known, I would have milked the shit out of this. You know, acted like I was giving birth to... Just act like you're the only person that's ever given birth ever. Trust me. Just milk it, Stassi. But honestly, don't put it on Instagram. I I can't take it anymore. I don't want to see people having personal meltdowns on Instagram and trolling for attention. It's not good, Okay. I used to follow this girl who's, you know, a local person around here and she would put like every, she would put like pictures of herself crying and be like, today's so hard. I had to wait in line for this. And, and like the power would go out. She'd be like, the power's out. It was, oh my gosh, shut up. Like we have to find another way to work through our stuff without pandering to people on Instagram. That is not what it's for. It's for entertainment. Okay? All right. I'm going to do a little wrap-up of the year's entertainment because, as you all know, I didn't start recording myself until August. So there were a lot of things. I'm doing our best and worst of the year. So this is purely entertainment things. And you might not agree with me, and these are things that I have watched and raved about in the past, but looking back on the year as a whole, they might have sucked. So here goes. So the best, here's my best of the year. The first one, this is not in any order. Best of the year, Murder on, Murder on Middle Beach on HBO Max. This was awesome. I haven't talked about it on this show, but it's basically the story of a woman who um, passed away, who actually she was murdered in Madison, Connecticut, in a beachy town, and her son Madison, not to be confused with the town Madison, but the son's name is also Madison, who's smoking hot, by the way, does a documentary on the murder of his mother and the prime, there's three main suspects. So it's his dad, his sister, and his aunt. And it goes into the mother's alcoholism and her involvement in a legal gambling ring and the dad's shadiness. And it's just, it's kind of heartbreaking to watch this all unfold because this is her son and he's possibly looking at his family members being responsible for his mother's murder, but it's really gripping. It's really well done. I watched it twice actually, because my mind on who I thought did it has changed, but please watch it. It's called murder of middle beach on HBO max. The second is House of Ho on HBO Max. I talked about this last week. The show is awesome. It's frothy. It's upbeat. It's fun. It's a great family that isn't trying too hard for TV. It's a reality show about Vietnamese Americans who emigrated to the United States in the 70s. And they came with, you know, pennies in their pockets. And 
the dad, Binho, has become a huge um, player in the finance world in Houston. And they are multi, multi, multi-millionaires. And they're just awesome. So the parents are Ben and Hugh Ho. The kids are Reagan, Washington, and Judy. And it's just a fun, excellent, upbeat ride. This is one of my favorite shows the entire year. The third is Love is Blind. So this was the Netflix show where people talk to each other through the wall. It was a reality show. And they fell in love based on personalities. So a lot of couples came out of that show and are actually like still together. And it was filmed in 2018. So, or even 2017. It was filmed a while ago. And to me, it was more genuine and heartfelt and real than say The Bachelor or I usually don't like dating shows. I loved this one. The fourth is Class Action Park on HBO Max. You guys know how much I love this. It's a one-hour documentary on HBO Max talking about the famed action park in New Jersey, which was the most dangerous theme park ever made and the politics behind it. And it's just a really fun little escapist hour. Um, Bridgerton. Bridgerton just came out on Christmas Day. It's a really fun show. It's kind of like Gossip Girl, but set in... Eight, it's set in 1813 in England, and it's a society thing, and it's it's cool. It's produced by Shonda Rhimes, and what she's done that's very subtle but super interesting is she's included black people in the upper echelon of British society in this historical piece. So the queen is black. There's black characters sprinkled throughout. The main guy is super-duper hot. It's got a lot of illicit sex. It's great. So it's Bridgerton on Netflix. The next is The Crown Season 4. This was the Charles and Diana years. This was one of the best of the year, in my opinion. The casting on this show is incredible. They have, especially with Charles and Diana, they found a woman who looks exactly like Diana, captured her shy but serious and sly kind of idiosyncrasies perfectly. The guy that plays Charles, this is like very... Not a lot of people paid attention to this, but the guy that played Charles is amazing. Well, he's a little bit better looking than Charles, but he's captured his, like, the way that he, like, Charles, look at Prince Charles when he walks. He kind of, like, juts his head out from his chest a little bit, and his ears are sort of cocked to the sides, and he's got, like, his shoulders up, and this guy just nails it. So, if you haven't watched that yet, you don't need to have watched the previous seasons of The Crown to to get it and follow it. It's just, it's awesome. It, it's great. So that's on Netflix. The next is Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. So this is two seasons that actually aired in 2020. Um, it's excellent. If you like true crime, these are stories I'd never heard of. They are interesting. They are gripping. There's, I've talked about this before, but there's one, this fourth episode in the first series was this man in France that, Seemingly murdered his entire family and disappeared and has never been seen again. And I still have nightmares about it. So it it got me. And I've watched it. I've watched them multiple times. They're great. The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. I know this is an obvious one. It's excellent. Just watch it. I know you know all about it. We've all seen it. You may have forgotten about this, but Dead to Me on Netflix. So there's two seasons. I thought the second season was even better than the first. It's with Christina Applegate. And the very underrated Linda Cardellini, she's amazing in this show. She's just the most underrated, awesome actress. I love the two of them together. It's a little bit far-fetched, but who cares? Cheer, we might have forgot about Cheer. That came out in January on Netflix about the, um, oh my God, what's the name of this? Whatever, some junior college that has a great cheerleading program in Texas. It's a reality show. It's awesome. And last but not least, The Last Dance. I am not a sports fan, but I love a sports documentary. Can't explain it. The Last Dance was the 30 for 30 ESPN documentary about Michael Jordan. It was probably eight or ten parts. It was very long, but it's it's incredible. And it just tells the story of Michael Jordan and his rivals and his rise to fame in the United States. It's just great. And now for the worst of the year. Now, some of these are good bad like guilty pleasure bad and some of these are just like bad bad so here we go 
And I'm sorry if you disagree with me. And I know I've I've praised some of these in the past, but like it, it could have been that halfway through them I was like, this is dog shit. Or looking back on it and comparing it to everything else, it was garbage. So the number one worst of the year, I think this is in order, sorry, was Space Force. This came out on Netflix. I was really looking forward to this, as was my husband. It has amazing people in it. It was written and starred in by Steve Carell. It has John Malkovich. It has Jimmy O. Yang. There are many, many, many great people in this show. And it was a, it was supposed to be kind of like the office -y version of this part of the government called Space Force. And they're responsible for rocket launches and, you know, keeping up of space stations. And it was going to be like a workplace comedy based on that. It was terrible. I couldn't get through the first episode, neither could my husband. We could not, we were so disappointed with this. It has recently been renewed by Netflix for a second season. I don't know why. I couldn't even, it was so terrible. I, major disappointment. Horrible disappointment. They really did us dirty with that. The second is Tiger King. Now, don't come at me. I, I was highly entertained by this. It. I, we all watched it, remember, in the beginning of this pandemic, and it sort of saved everyone because it was, like, the one thing we could talk about besides, like, impending doom. But it makes me sad for humanity. It was gross. I can't get the Walmart meat truck delivery out of my head. It, it, it was just disgusting. The guy is disgusting. The woman is disgusting. And it's just... It was highly entertaining. I'm glad I saw it. It entertained me, but like it just, it's just depressing and gross. The third is The Haunting of Bly Manor. So this was on Netflix. This was a follow-up to the show The Haunting, and this was set in England. And it was, it's one, it's kind of like American Horror Story, where like they have different seasons and they just like repurpose the same people in different roles. So Netflix kind of tried to do that and the second iteration of The Haunting was set in an old British manor and this girl comes and she's like an au pair and then the parents were murdered and the parents are haunting the house. It was so dumb. I tried. I watched like three or four episodes and the kids are like evil and creepy and it's just... Then there's like this weird lesbian love story that makes no sense. Like, you know I love a lesbian love story, but this one actually was just like... I think they just ran out of shit to do by the third episode and was like, oh, let's make her gay. It was so weird. Don't even, ugh, awful. Oh, this is going to be unpopular. Number four is I'll Be Gone in the Dark on HBO. I'm sorry. I know a lot of you love this. I hated it. I loved the book by Michelle McNamara. They made a series out of it. And unfortunately, Michelle McNamara never lived to see the book being published or this craptastic series come to air. But I think if she had seen this series, she would have been very upset. It's It takes a very interesting subject matter, which is the Golden State Killer in California, which Michelle McNamara can kind of take credit for him being caught and brought to justice. And they made a series out of it, which was so boring and painful and drawn out and hard to watch. It was just so boring. I'm sorry. They just didn't do a good job. Sorry. The Flight Attendant. I loved watching this. Just hear me out. I watched the whole thing. If had it not been the middle of a pandemic, I would have stopped after episode four. It was boring. The book was gripping. Go read the book. There's a book called The Flight Attendant by Chris Bojalian. Get it from your library. It's already in paperback. Whatever. Get it on your Kindle. The book is awesome. The series is dumb. Okay. I've made fun of Kaylee Cuoco's impression of Jennifer Aniston. Oh my god, there's cops chasing me. Ugh, let's get a drink. Who wants to go to a bar? It's that. And then they did a horrible job with the Rosie Perez character, which in the book, I'm not going to give it away. The book had a completely different ending, by the way. So uh, go read the book. It's better. And the Rosie Perez character, they just had her be a spy for no reason. It went nowhere. It was retarded. Oh, sorry. I can't say retarded. You know what I mean. It was terrible. And... I really just, I think what ruined it for me is that I didn't like her talking to the dead guy. Okay. It made no sense. It was such a reach. The fact that she had 
insanely good luck with not getting murdered or killed running around New York City trying to escape these people is not going to be due to her talking to a dead guy in her head. Okay? That is is ridiculous. Okay? It's just, the whole thing. I don't know. Very far-fetched and, and, and silly. They could have done a lot better with it, in my opinion. Uh, next is Spy Games. I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> I was so... I don't know why I watched this. It looked dumb in the previews, and I just was like, oh, I have to check this out. Spy Games on Bravo. So it was a game show. It was like an hour-long game show on Bravo primetime where they took ordinary people and put them through, like, CIA training. And Evie Pomporas, who wrote an excellent book about being a CIA spy... You, Read her book. Go look her up. It's E-V-Y. Her name is Evie Pomporas. P-O-M-P-O-U-R-A-S. She's um, a former CIA, like, alias type girl. And she wrote a book. And she's excellent. So she hosted it. So it's not her fault. But it was just really stupid. I don't know. I had to include it. Because I just remember how dumb I thought it was. I think this was pre-pandemic. Um, also, Bravo. Don't be tardy. Um... Don't Be Tardy is still on. I don't think anyone knew that, but I did. It is still going. This is the spinoff show of Kim Zolciak and her 19 children and Croy Bierman. Now, I have to hand it to Kim Zolciak. She has, for some reason, despite being one of the most dumb people on television, she has parlayed that into a like 10-year career on television. And she's got this phrase that she says... Ask, believe, receive. Everything this woman has wanted in her life, she has made come true for herself. So I can't hate on her too much because I, she works hard. I don't know. But her show is dumb. I'm sorry. And it just gets dumber and dumber and dumber. And every time they come out with another season, I'm like, is anyone watching this? Is anyone still care about her kids? And her daughters, I'm sorry, had a lot of promise in the beginning. And they are just... Fillered, lip fillered up to the nth degree. The jokes are contrived. You know, it's like, I have so many kids. Where's my wine and my sippy cup or my solo cup? It's just, oh, it's dumb. Why are, can we just give her a send off and be like, thank you for your service. You don't need to be on television anymore. Like we got it. Thank you for what you've done for Atlanta and trashy women all over who want to marry an NFL player. Please just let's be done with her. Let's be done with her. The last is, I'm sorry to say, and I'm still watching it, and I'm still going to watch it, and I'm still going to talk about it, but The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, it's god-awful. And I don't mind talking about god-awful stuff, but I just want to put it on the record here that I think that this is the beginning of the end for The Real Housewives franchise. And I think it was single-handedly served its walking papers by Jen Shaw. Jen Shaw is the queenish bee of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. She is the epitome of the, the reasoning I have that these women will watch and study the Real Housewives for years before they go on it and then artificially try to create drama and be witty and out fabulous the next. And it's very fake. It's very contrived. We're all too smart for it. I said this before. And... The others are fine. The other people on the show are fine. She's single-handedly bringing that show down. And I think she's going to take down the entire franchise with her antics. And if they don't get rid of her next season or talk to her about her ridiculousness and fakeness and tell her to be a little bit more real, I think that will be the end of it. So that is my best and worst of the year. If I've forgotten anything, let me know. There's a few honorable mentions you know, I really love Schitt's Creek. I think Schitt's Creek brought us all out of a very dark period this year, especially me. But I didn't include it because it wasn't, well, I guess this last season was this year. Okay, let's put that in the best. It really is awesome. But um, I actually didn't love the last season of Schitt's Creek. I thought it was fine. But like, the, I think the third and the fourth were my favorite. And I've watched it twice this year. It just kept me happy. And everyone I know loves it. So, but I didn't include it because I think, like, it's not the 2020 bit of Schitt's Creek that's so great, which was the last season. It's like, it's like the whole thing as a whole. 
So I, if you haven't seen that, please do it. It will just get you happy. And the first season's a little slow, so you'll watch it and be like, what is everyone talking about? Just stay with it. Just keep going. Because it's, it's just... It's a it's a revelation of, of life. It's wonderful. All right. Now, I know it's New Year's Eve, but I wanted to just tell you a little Christmas story that I think about every year. It makes me sad. It makes me happy. And it's about my maternal grandmother, my mom's mom. And she was a special woman. She, my mom was an only child, and my mother... My mother's mother is not a maternal person. She's a wonderful person, but she's not like, she doesn't love children. I mean, she does, but she just is like, oh, you know, she wouldn't, my mom was like, you wouldn't have called her to babysit. Like, she'd be like, I can't, I got a bridge game and I'm doing shopping later. And she loved children. She loved us. She loved my mom, but she wasn't that kind of a chick. And so when my mother moved to New York with my dad and had children, you know, I when I look back on my childhood, I don't remember my grandmother coming to babysit. You know, she was always like, playing golf, talk later, love you. You know, that kind of thing. So she moved to Arizona and um, kind of retired. And, you know, she was doing her own thing. I get it. So one Christmas, I think it was 1985 or 1986, it was the year that the Cabbage Patch craze was at its peak and people were like people were like getting in fights this is when people used to fight over things in stores before we could like go on amazon and stuff and you couldn't get a cabbage patch doll and my mom my brothers and i my brothers wanted the boy ones and you know i wasn't i was like four and i wanted a girl one and you couldn't get them anywhere in new york and i remember like three days before christmas we got a box from grandma and there were three cabbage patch dolls in there it was pretty awesome. So basically my grandmother had, she lived in Arizona and she, you know, basically made friends with, I'm using that loosely. She somehow she like sweet talked a manager at a Kmart in Arizona to give her three Cabbage Patch dolls. And we always, I just, it's just a story. I remember that my grandmother wasn't a babysitting grandmother, but she would like throw down to get us Cabbage Patch dolls. And she did. And she would like plunk down any amount of money or, I mean, it's like a joke in my family. Like, what grandma have to do to the manager to get these dolls? <laughs> it's just so great. So I still have these Cabbage Patch dolls. I have, well, I have two of them. I have the, I have a boy one that I gave to my son. He just like doesn't, he's like, what is this? This is a doll. But he doesn't get how great this is. So I still have them. And it just, that's a Christmas story of my family that really makes me smile. And fun fact, I went to a medium when I was pregnant with my daughter. And I've told this story a million times to my friends, but I'm pretty, I'm positive no one believes me, but it's okay. I went to a medium when I was pregnant with my daughter. And out of nowhere, the, the medium told me, like, I just sat there silently, and he was like, your daughter, that's a girl, and she's going to be the incarnate of your grandmother, because my grandmother had died in, like, four or five years earlier, and he said that your daughter will look like her, she will act like her, and I was like, whatever. Well, my daughter looks exactly like my grandmother. She doesn't look like me, she doesn't look like my husband, she looks exactly like my grandmother, and she has these... My grandmother had light brown hair and gray eyes. Like those, they're very rare. Those like, those like kind of wolfy gray eyes. And she has that. And she's a complete kook. Just says the most kooky things. Exactly like her. Loving but not nurturing. It's the same thing. It's, it's a wonderful story. And it, I'm so happy that I have this living, breathing reminder every day of a wonderful, wonderful woman. All right, I think that's it for today. Back on sketch next week. So I hope you have a wonderful New Year's Eve. I am, I, we're staying home and I'm cooking a feast because we tried to get something from Gold Belly and then we kept fighting about it and couldn't decide which thing to get. So we ran out of time. So of course I'm stuck cooking and whatever. So I'm doing 
I'm doing a TikTok dinner. So I went on TikTok and I found four recipes that were like trending on TikTok and I'm cooking these TikTok things and I'm annoyed at the amount of work I've assigned myself. But maybe I'll post it. You can see how I did. I'm making a few fun looking things. So anyway, so I'm going to be drinking and cooking and then cleaning all night and it's going to suck and... I hope that none of you are buying into this garbage that magically 2021 is going to make everything better. It's not. It's just another month of this horribleness. So I'm lowering my expectations to like a 1 out of 10 for next year being tomorrow. And we're still in this shitastic situation that we will continue to be in for several months. And just lower your expectations. Nothing magical is going to happen tonight at midnight. Nothing magical is going to happen in a week. It's all shit. So if you're continuing to subscribe to that theory, I feel sorry for you because you're going to be disappointed and ultimately even more depressed than you are now. So I am just going to keep living in the shit pile. Anyway, have a wonderful night. I love you. Talk to you soon.